When you get HubSpot Sales Hub, it's like getting a new teammate. An efficient, organized, helpful teammate who's also super easy to work with. The kind of teammate who reduces everyone else's busy work with a new prospecting workspace. A teammate who keeps the entire team focused and on track with easy-to-use deal management tools. A teammate who won't jockey for your promotion or microwave leftover shrimp scampi in the break room. Learn how you can close deals faster and crush your revenue goals with Sales Hub at HubSpot.com sales. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great tasting, high-quality organic dairy, ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. Five, four, three, two, one. But who's counting, right? His name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's the takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, I. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? <laughs> the answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. I'm Major Garrett. You're here for the takeout. You know what the show is about? It's a... Never-ending conversation about politics, policy, a little bit of pop culture. I try to bring you the most interesting voices I can find in any given week and have a damn interesting voice this week. For those of you watching on CBS News Streaming, we're recording this from one of the studios here in our D.C. Bureau. You may notice a scarf around my neck. If you're not noticing that, you're not paying attention. So this is a U.S. Men's National World Cup scarf sent to me by a good friend. I don't have permission to use his full name, so just say this. James? Thanks for the scarf. John Anzalone is our guest. He is a significant figure in the Democratic Party, a well-known pollster. He polls for many clients, among them the president of the United States, Joe Biden. John, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Garrett. So, uh, John, we are recording this on November 17th. Uh, It will not be breaking news over this weekend when many in my audience will hear this, but it's breaking news now. Nancy Pelosi will not seek an elected position within the Democratic caucus leadership. Neither will current House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer. Your reaction? Well, listen, first is just thanking them for their service. Uh, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, I believe, is going to go down in history as the most talented and impactful uh, Speaker of the House, just in terms of legislation that she has under her belt that became law that impacted you know, working families and seniors and, and small businesses and uh, in the United States. Um, you know, she, like most speakers, um, you know, has a big tent uh, and has to wrangle uh, a lot of different um, uh, groups, uh, whether it's ideological, whether it's geographical, uh, whether, it's, whether it's demographics. Uh, our caucus looks a hell of a lot different uh, than the Republican caucus. It looks like America. Um, and how she was able to keep uh, the caucus dis- together in her first reign, it, it started in 2006, and then her second in 2008 to pass substantial legislation uh, for uh, Americans uh, just shows you her actual her political acumen uh, and 
quite frankly, just her values uh, in terms of how she grew up um, and, you know, how uh, she expressed kindness and faith uh, uh, in her personal life. So for those who may not understand this, John, communicate to them how central Nancy Pelosi has been in the conversation of the future and the direction of the Democratic Party for the last 12 years. Well, meaning, I think that, meaning yeah. President Obama was president, Vice, Vice President Biden, <clears throat> Vice President Harris, Joe Biden, but a constant in that scenario, Harry yeah. Reid, a significant figure. But the one immovable figure for the last 12 years has been Nancy Pelosi. Right. And, and I think that what I think what most people don't realize is how she put together the coalition that allowed Democrats to take control of the House in 2016 and 18. And there's this myth that our party is some liberal party. And the reality is, is that we won the House in 2006. She won that gavel. And you remember mm-hmm. by winning a bunch of Southern districts, right? The Bobby Brights of the world, the Travis Childers in Mississippi, the Charlie Malonsons in, in uh, Louisiana, the Ron Kleins down in Florida, the Heath Schulers in, in, in uh, North Carolina. And so she understood the coalition that she had to put together. And it really went through moderates, right? Um, and she did the same thing in 2018. I mean, every frontline Democrat that was up this time that was in danger were all moderates, right? And she was very pragmatic in the way that she governed. And when I mean governed, I don't mean on the House floor, but I mean in the politics of the DCCC and the campaign world. And she understood that Go do what you got to do, Gwen Graham. Remember in 2014. Yep. Um, and so I think that again, her understanding the politics of America and the politics of Democrats and what they had to do to win in different places um, is very often overlooked. I mean, her legislative accomplishments is a whole different ball game because that's about the again uh, how she was able to. Um, and I hate to use this word, but it's true, control her caucus, yeah. right? Is to not and, get, yeah. And within the upper echelons of the party, you could not have a coherent conversation without someone saying, what does Nancy think? Right, no doubt about it. And I think that you saw that with President Obama, who needed her experience, right? Mm-hmm. Just like yep. he needed Joe Biden's experience and he needed uh, um, uh, Senator Reid's experience. Um, but man, did it really come into play uh, after 18, where the Democrats needed her experience. And I think that in some ways, her reign is symbolized by her standing up with that pointed finger to Donald Trump. And she wasn't gonna she wasn't gonna stand down to bullies or on principle. Uh, and she was something to be reckoned with. And, you know, she was uh, uh, a, a an adversary that needed to have a, a ton of respect. Um, and I think that she gets that respect, even if there's probably of this, you know, days Republican won't say that. Uh, Paul Ryan tweeted out today about the, you know, a, a, a really respectful tweet about her. Um, I think that the opposition uh, respected her uh, and feared her. Uh, even though they wouldn't express that because nowadays they just don't have, uh, you know, the, the the decorum to do that. So both Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer said in their statements and speeches, it was time for a new generation of leadership 
and the House Caucus. As you think about 2024 and one of your clients, President of the United States, Joe Biden, what does that mean, new generation of leadership, and that there's a time for it within Democratic circles? Well, listen, I think that the President of the United States, Joe Biden, and really showed even in this midterm what he has brought to the table in terms of his agenda and vision. So much of it has been passed. It really gave, I think, congressional Democrats uh, the components of an important message um, to beat uh, uh, um, re uh, Republicans. He stood up and got a lot of criticism for talking about how this midterm was a choice and he laid it out. Uh, he stood up and talked about the threats to democracy and again, got criticism for some reason about it. Uh, and so I think that this, this president deserves, uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of uh, kudos for what he has done uh, and, and has deserves and has the right uh, to run uh, because of he's literally the most um, uh, successful modern day president in terms of what he's done legislatively uh, and what he's done for the American people. And I think it sets up well, uh, you know, for a real for a reelection. On this program last week, New York, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper, who I know you know well. Yeah, he's my client. Yeah, he is. Said to me that the president looked better after the midterms than he looked going in. And because he looks better, he is stronger as a reelection candidate. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Listen, again, I think that, you know, when you take a look at the outcome, he did something no modern president has done. He increased his job rating from the summer into uh, election day. Um, he did it in, with uh, key groups. We just put out a uh, poll today with, uh, with Trump's pollster, a matter of fact, Tony Fabrizio, uh, for AARP in the top 63 uh, congressional districts, toss-up congressional districts. And from July until um, uh, elections, his numbers, for example, with seniors, with voters over 65, uh, increased dramatically, and he won that group. Point being is that he moved demographically important groups because of legislation that he was able to pass. And so um, he is in a stronger position uh, he has a lot to run on in terms of his accomplishments. But I think that was mostly forgotten or not talked about is that he had a vision in 19 and 20 when he ran, and he'll have a vision <laughs> uh, when, uh, about what he wants to get done uh, if and when he runs uh, for re-election. So he's- Let me stop you right, John, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there because I need to jump to a break. I'm Major Garrett. This is the Takeout Segment 2 with John Anzalone in just one moment. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes 
without the ads. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back to The Takeout. I'm Major Garrett. For those of you watching on CBS News streaming, thanks for that. I am festooned with my scarf for the U.S. men's national team in the World Cup, whether they wash out or not. I don't care. It's a nice scarf. Glad to be having it on me while we do this show. John Anzalone is our guest, John. Democratic pollster of significance, one of his clients, President of the United States, Joe Biden. I cut you off talking about what it is, if the president chooses to do so, he might run on. Please continue. Well, no, listen, I, again, I think that at the end of the day, um, you know, you run on your accomplishments, but you also run in your vision. And, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden, then uh, former Vice President Biden, laid out his vision and agenda. And I actually think that that was a major reason why he beat Donald Trump. I think 80% of our ads were just about his agenda. And then he came in and he actually accomplished it. Um, and I think that there's a lot more to be done. Uh, hell, there's a lot more to be done between now and New Year's, right? Um, and so I think he'll continue to lay that out where he puts working families and seniors and small businesses at the forefront of what the priority is for this country. I think one of the main things that he did that he'll continue to do is that he had this vision, again, about bringing the supply chain back to America. Uh, so we never got into a, th this problem again uh, of shortages. And you can see that by the number of, you know, chip plants being uh, uh, built here, uh, EV battery plants, precious metals, all that type of stuff. He believes that we should invent, innovate, and manufacture. And I think just by the pure grit of him believing that during the campaign and implementing it, we're actually seeing that happen. And I think that there's much more in what I would might call the new economy that can happen that he believes and. Uh, I think that, you know, his leadership drove that and will continue to drive it. I want to get back to that theme in a minute. But first, I want to ask you, were you surprised by the results of Election Day and the days thereafter? The president was looked at, as you well know, askance for being as bullish as he was before Election Day. Did you share that optimism? And were you in any way surprised? Yeah, Joe Biden was right and I was wrong. And, and most people weren't. It wasn't just pollsters. And I'll tell you, a bunch of things happen that we haven't seen happen in a long time. I will say this, that all the rules have been thrown out since 2016. Like we, yep. you know, we should stop handicapping in some ways. The fact is, is that some of the things that have happened that happened on, on Tuesday that haven't happened in a long time is Democrats, meaning the power, the party in power, actually won independence. That hasn't happened for a party in power in the midterms since 2002. And W. Bush did that because of 9-11. It really hasn't happened until 19, since 1986. And I think the reason is, is that we won what we call the, the, the last deciders, right? You know, those people in literally November who um, make their decisions, the undecideds. Those normally break literally two thirds to three quarters percent to the opposing parties when you have this headwinds. And we found in the AAR people that they were dead even. And this was a toss up nation. We knew that. I mean, we're still sitting there waiting for races to be uh, decided. And so the fact that we had so many toss up races, whether they were Senate or governor or congressional, the fact that those undecided or late breakers actually went dead even uh, gave the, the Democrats a really big push. The other thing is, uh, again, for President Biden, um, you know, 
The fact is that those people who had a somewhat or soft unfavorable of him broke big towards the Democrats. So he wasn't he wasn't a part of, you know, the the bad part that people thought was going to happen. And again, I really think that it, it was based on the fact that he had so many accomplishments in August that gave Democrats the ability to campaign on. I mean, how many ads did you see about chips and EV factories coming back? With those voters over 65 being able to talk about negotiating with Medicare, an insulin cap, a, a light or a monthly cap on prescription drugs, we moved numbers from July to uh, November with voters over 65. What President Biden's accomplishments actually facilitated some positive messaging for Democrats um, that were able to move the ball down the field, and of course the Republicans gave us an assist. I think one of the reasons those late deciders decided uh, for Democrats 50 and Republicans 50-50 is that there's just uh, nominees that they couldn't vote for, whether it was the Herschel Walkers or the Oz or the the Blake Masters or the Tudor Dixons. One of the things I had said early on in September and October is that this this election cycle was coming down between headwinds and head cases. And at the end of the day, there was a chunk of voters that just couldn't vote for these very extreme candidates on the right. John, I wanna ask you about something that is tactical. So I did a lot of traveling around the country for my book, The Big Truth, and I saw lots of television ads. Most of them were about abortion. But the tactical part of what I think you're saying is there was get out the vote communication and voter contact August all the way up to November about these issues you just talked about. So it wasn't as visible as if you were just watching television. I think that's right. Major, I think that's absolutely right. For example, you know how Democrats disproportionately communicate to voters over 65? Direct mail. Seniors still literally, you know, right? Right. I mean, and so Medicare and Social Security became a really big issue with seniors. And it was literally the, the, the number two issue in their importance, for example, right? Uh, The second was threats to democracy, which I think we should talk about. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is that President Biden passed his agenda on uh, negotiating with Medicare, insulin caps, you know, monthly prescription drug caps, that was important. And then what does Rick Scott and the Republicans do? They put out an agenda uh, which puts Medicare and Social Security potentially on the chopping blocks. So you had, uh, again, the components of not only a positive message, but a contrasting message. Uh, I don't think that most, you, you didn't see a lot of these, and you saw some of them in TV ads, but what you never see is the digital spending, the direct mail, the radio ads, the direct contact, et cetera. I would also say that the threats to democracy, which we found in the Wall Street Journal poll, which I co-authored with Tony Fabrizio, and which we found in the AARP poll, was really resonant. And it wasn't resonant just with Democrats. Mm-hmm. It was re- resonant with Democrats and independents. The same thing with abortion. And what those two issues have you know, together is they talk, it's about extremism, right? It's about people being super uncomfortable with the Republican candidates and their positions on abortion on January 6th, on election denying, and their support uh, for Trump. Seniors, number one issue, 65 and over. You know why? Because that is not the Republicans that they remember and were comfortable voting with even five and 10 years ago. Um, And so it became a really big issue that hurt Republicans with a swath of voter 
not just Democrats, but independents and seniors in- included. But you know as well as I do, John, on the Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday of election week, lots of Democrats were wondering if that was the right mix and were for fearful it was the wrong mix. That's and right. Were, and were worried about an onslaught, losing 25 or 30 seats in the House, one or two or maybe more seats in the Senate, things breaking catastrophically at the last minute in the wrong direction. It did not happen. That was a surprise to Democrats. It was clearly a surprise to Republicans. And it was one of the things I like to remind people all the time. Voters decide and they will surprise you. They will surprise you, Major. And I will also say this about all the rules being thrown out since 2016. Um, The other thing is we just never know who's coming out. The fact that it's just become so, so difficult um, to know who's coming out. Uh, We think it. And then it always, quite frankly, uh, is changed up a bit. And so we saw that here as well. Um, you know, in place like Michigan, you know, uh, the, the turnout was different than, than other places. And for the first time, we started seeing some ticket splitting. You know, we're a nation where we put on the jerseys. Well, that didn't happen in New Hampshire, Sununu and Hassan. Didn't happen in Georgia, Kemp and Warnock, right? And I can go on and on. Uh, didn't happen uh, uh, in uh, Nevada, right, et cetera. So there was all the, there was some t- ticket splitting going on as well. And what's interesting about the ticket splitting is that that third, we did this in the, go ahead. John, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. I got to jump to a break. That's a great place to stop because that ticket splitting phenomenon played out in a lot of places for some of your clients. I'm Major Garrett. John Anzalone is our special guest segment three of the takeout coming up in just one moment. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back to The Takeout. John Anzalone, Democratic pollster, one of his clients, President Biden, is our special guest. We've gone two full segments without mentioning Donald Trump. We're going to mention him in this segment, I guarantee you. But before we do that, back to this interesting conversation about something that used to be prevalent in American politics, then took a hiatus for several years, longer than several years, almost a decade, if not more, ticket splitting. Keep going, John. Well, again, I mean, we had, you know, um, 34 percent or so, uh, close to 40 percent 
um, say that they voted for, you know, uh, both the Democrats and Republicans in different uh, in different uh, elections. And don't forget, that also meant the legislative races. Right. right. Uh, as well as the congressional races. What's important about that is that when you take a look at that universe of voter, almost 40 percent, guess who they voted for in the congressional generic ballot or their congressional races? It was a plurality Democrats. And that's important as well. Right. And so it was if the U.S. Senate, again, think, uh, you know, Sununu Hassan, right, a big ticket splitting place. You know, in Georgia, you had uh, Kemp Warnock. That was really big uh, uh, for those type of races. The other thing I think that was really big is that we asked this question in the AARP poll, were you voting for a candidate or were you voting against a candidate, right? That's really important because of that universe who voted against a candidate, if you were voting against a candidate rather than for a, for a candidate, Democrats won 53% to 41%. That goes to the extremism, right? And it helps explain some of the ticket splitting as well, because they just felt those those uh, Republican candidates were just too, ex too extreme. Donald Trump has announced for a third term this week. What effect do you think that will have on 2024? How do you assess the Trump phenomenon as it exists today? And where do you think it might be headed? Well, while we saw, in, again, in the AARP poll from July to November, Joe Biden's job rating went up significantly. Donald Trump's popularity and job rating went down. He had a bad, if you will, late summer fall with the January 6th hearings. Americans learned a lot about him that they didn't know. We think that we can know, we know everything about him, but we didn't know what he said about Pence, right? We didn't know uh, that he knew that there was armed people uh, in the crowd that he sent up to the Capitol, et cetera, et cetera. Then you had the Marlago uh, with the with the confidential um, uh, uh, stuff that he had. So there were things that that people found out. Um, no better uh, reinforcement of that than all of the interviews that former Vice President Pence has given this week, right? Some of this stuff is stunning, um, and so. You know, him kind of re-entering the dialogue there uh, starting June 9th with January 6th, which all these Republican candidates became defenders of him and defenders of the insurrectionists, right? Uh, and I think that that hurt them. And you can see that in how, um, again, resonant and important threats to democracy was as, as a most important issue. So he's on his heels for the first time, and you can see uh, people jumping ship. Uh, uh, dur uh, uh, post and during his announcement and post announcement. What effect do you think his announcement will have on the president's calculations? Well, I, I don't know that. Um, again, that's that's certainly up to. I find these things are always personal decisions between mm -hmm. him and his family. Um, but the fact is, is that um, I know enough about President Biden and, and his team that you know he's said it before. He believes he can beat Donald Trump, and I think he can beat Donald Trump like a drum, as, as he has said in the past. Uh, I think Donald Trump is uh, weakened right now, uh, and I think that people have always underestimated the strength of Joe Biden uh, throughout his, his career, and they'll continue to do that uh, at their own expense uh, uh, post-election. As the former president likes to remind people, he got 73 million votes in 2020. Is he weaker now than he was then? Well, listen, I think that any time that you go from being a candidate and being elected to, um, you know, uh, actually being uh, an elected official in a very, very difficult time, 
um, you know, you're going to see that, right, in terms of job ratings, et cetera. But the fact is, is that what people will see uh, if he does run for president uh, is a whole lot different than the free press that you guys get every day, right? That, 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 that is generated every day. You control your debate. You control what you're able to talk to with the American people through paid communication. That's the strength of a campaign. And with his um, accomplishments, we know that a lot of people aren't aware of things like BIF or things like or the components that are in IRA. But let me tell you what, when you're able to campaign and use paid communications, that's a different story. And uh, John, for my audience's benefit, because I always like to break down acronyms that we toss around casually in political circles, BIF is Bipartisan Infrastructure and IRA is Inf Inflation Reduction Act. Um, and let's not forget the CHIPS Act, which again, brings the supply chain back to America. Something is going to be in sharp relief uh, because if the president runs for re-election and Donald Trump is in the campaign, which he's already announced, and if he becomes the Republican nominee, I was at Trump's announcement in Mar-a-Lago. He said the country has not yet experienced all the terrible things that the Biden presidency will bring to it. The president said after the election, the country hasn't experienced all the benefits of the legislative accomplishments I've racked up. We're going to have a test case in the next 18 months, are we not? Well, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that, you know, you can see you know, already inflation abating. Right. Um, the fact is, is I'll take the bet on things getting better uh, on our side of it and certain things being implemented uh, that are in the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, more and more things being implemented for cities and, and counties and states for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Um, more and more of the supply chain and big companies coming back to America to invent, innovate, and manufacture here. So I'll, again, uh, put the bet on a agenda uh, that has been, again, passed and is about to be implemented all over America over the rhetoric of Trump, which you know he will, again, try to scare a lot of people. Um, and I think that we, we win that debate. So this has sort of been a sunshine and rainbows conversation with you, John. Uh, I mean, what what weaknesses do Democrats still possess? What kind of work do you yeah. believe the party needs to do? And we're going to have this conversation for the next two minutes and carry it into segment four. Listen, both parties have a branding problem. So, again, I mean, I will be very frank about that. I mean, we off, we also have a branding problem. We got some assists because the Republicans somehow even have a worse branding problem. We saw that with their extreme nominees. I mean, we know that. And so we have work to do in terms of making sure that people- Describe that branding problem. What is well, it? I think that that in, in the nutshell, um, American people often think that we're more interested in prioritized social problems uh, than we do economic problems. Uh, we see that in our polling. Um, and you know, now, guess what? Republicans just lost a major election. They, they should have been literally a layup because their nominees did what? Prioritize social problems, right? Prioritize their extreme cases on abortion. I mean, it used to be Republicans were just pro-life. People could respect that. And now their nominees are against abortion, even in the case of rape, incest, and the life of mother. That was a signal to people that, hey, they're probably extreme on other issues as well. It wasn't just about abortion. We also have a problem with rural America. I mean, we have to go out there and show rural America 
um, that we have their values, but also that we're going to help them, um, you know, not quite frankly, wither out there uh, by themselves, that we're, we're, we're interested in making sure that they're going to have uh, a healthy economies, et cetera. And we have to also, you know, work on things like crime, et cetera. So we have our branding problems and we know that. Um, and, you know, we're not uh, uh, immune, um, uh, you know, to be blinded by some of that. So the last time you and I spoke, John, was for my documentary podcast, The Debrief, which had a long run during lockdown. It's on hiatus now. I promise, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to come back better, bigger and better than ever. But in that conversation, I'm going to say something and we will hold your response to what I'm about to say, quoting you until the segment four. But you said in 2020, Florida is an even Stephen state, Republican and Democrat. And anyone who tells you otherwise, because there was some polling data late in 2020 suggesting Trump could win Florida relatively comfortably, you push back on that. Well, there's been some results in Florida in this midterm election. When we come back, I want you to assess where Florida is now and if it's something the Democrats should write off their 2024 electoral map. I'm Major Garrett. John Anzalone is our special guest back for segment four and that answer in a second. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. I'm Major Garrett. Welcome back. As I said in the early part of the show, I've got my U.S. men's national team World Cup scarf on. Go Team USA. It loses to Wales and England. Well, we're pretty much done. But it hasn't happened yet, so I got the scarf on. John Anzalone is our special guest, Democratic pollster of renown, one of his clients, President Biden. So tell me about Florida. How big is the Democratic problem in Florida? Well, I mean, listen, again, you know, if if we're being honest, uh, first, you know, the, the second time I was wrong that you pointed out, thank you, Major, <laughs> but my kids don't see this, but you should admit when you're wrong, right? No, listen, Florida's a reclamation project. We know that. And the reality is, is Florida's also really expensive. Right. I mean, if you're in a presidential campaign or quite frankly, if you're in a governor's campaign or a Senate campaign, it's a hundred million plus operation. Right. Uh, Charlie Chris didn't have that, et cetera. Other people didn't have that. Um, And so, you know, now that there's these other states that came online, North Carolina came online in 2008. I did the polling there for President Obama's campaign in eight and 12. Uh, And then Georgia came online in 2020. Arizona came online in 2016. The Clinton campaign made a real investment there. And so, listen, the map changes, right? right? I mean, it was, I remember in 2008, 
we were actually competing in places like Indiana and Missouri. And so the map changes. But the one thing that you have to understand, which I know you do, about Florida and Texas is just how expensive they are to compete. Mm-hmm. And so you got to make that resource allocation, that cost-benefit analysis. And you know, it's a reclamation project. And what I've often learned about states like that is it has to be internal. Like, right, the party there and the yep. people there have to start the infrastructure and the rebuild before the national uh, parties and presidential campaigns will come in there. So you were talking to us from your home in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, someone you know well, James Carville, has said recently, look, Florida is a real problem. Democrats ought to invest in places like Mississippi, which have an African-American population of like 35 to 37 yeah. percent. And with some resource allocations there and some hard work and outreach into rural America, that could be a place to find some of the electoral votes that are going to be hard to get and expensive to find, though there are 30 of them in Florida. Yeah, listen, I mean, um, you know, and I talk to James almost every day. I love him. Uh, He's a mentor of mine. And that's not a bad idea. And it would take a lot of money. I mean, there's going to be a governor's race there in 2023. And there's going to be some really good Democratic candidates uh, like Brandon Presley if he runs. Um, that was the paradigm for Georgia. Uh, the difference is, is quite frankly, the number of college-educated voters in, mm-hmm. in in a place like Atlanta, right? Um, you can make this argument because guess what? Doug Jones won in Alabama in 2017. Yep. John Bell Edwards, my client, has won twice in Louisiana. So, you know, we just won a, go- a governorship again in Kansas. We can't give up on almost anywhere. I mean, that is, I think, you know, what James is saying. And James, I've talked to him enough that he also believes that good candidates should be rewarded, right? I mean, good candidates who, you know, um, uh, build a campaign, raise money, uh, should re- be rewarded. And, and I think we agree with that. I want you to tell my audience a story that you lived through in this cycle. Michigan governor, yeah. Gretchen Whitmer, reelected. Steve Sisolak, governor seeking reelection not elected, both Democrats. Explain the difference and the story of Michigan, Nevada, because I think it's fascinating about way to think about and interpret this midterm. Yeah, I just think, listen, I think, again, different electorates is the, mm-hmm. is, I think that there's no place that got pummeled more than Nevada because of the shutdown. Nevada is a one industry uh, um, state because of tourism and gaming. Uh, and I think that, again, the non-college educated voters there are a little different than a place like Michigan. Um, and, you know, I think that um, uh, in some ways, uh, someone told me that they, they forgave him, but they haven't forgotten. And, that, and that's, that, that's a pretty damn good uh, uh, way to des- uh, describe it. Uh, the other thing, the reason is that Joe Lombardo, who was the sheriff who ran against him, was from Clark County, and he was right in the base of Steve Sisolak. And he wasn't quite frankly, one of these extreme candidates, right? Um, like an Oz or like a Tudor Dixon. Uh, Steve Sislak is an amazing guy with a lot of accomplishments. Um, and he brought that state um, through the pandemic and saved tens of thousands of lives. Uh, and at, at the same time, some of the shutdown stuff um, he was penalized for. And it's just different, different states and different demographics and different people. And he is... I think the embodiment of the headwinds factor of the cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And again, I think just different demographics and a a different percentage of, you know, those northern counties uh, are really, really tough. 
And you made an observation about Michigan. I want you to share it with my audience because I think it's fascinating. The generational importance of union membership, how yeah. it factors in a place like Michigan that it doesn't necessarily in Nevada. Well, I mean, the culinary union is incredibly important, which in is in Nevada. which is based in Las Vegas in and Nevada, County, yes, and, and very, very dominated by people of color and in in the um, gaming industry. A um, little different. I grew up in Michigan. My dad was, dad was a teamster. My mom was a teamster. You know, the UAW, uh, again, older voters there. Nevada's a much younger population. Older voters there. We compete with older voters there because there's a lot of union uh, culture and there's a lot of, of retired union members, but also a lot of uh, retired people who are sympathetic to working people in the unions. And so the makeup is just really different. Uh, but the fact that Gretchen Whitmer won Macomb County right? The Reagan Democratic County is what they call them, um, is amazing, uh, especially with these type of headwinds. And the margin, uh, she marched through uh, Michigan, brought with her a Democratic um, state legislature, which is, is, again, just shows you the strength uh, of her and uh, what a leader people think she is. So we've got about a minute and a half before we have to end this for our radio audience. We will have more in our Take Out Out Take a Special. But before we go, and you are known, John Anzalone, for your candor and telling people what the data means, they decide what to do with it. Speaking to your party, speaking to fellow Democrats, how would you warn them about overconfidence coming out of this midterms? Yeah, that's great. I mean, because a lot of what we saw in the AARP poll was, again, Democrats, you know, made this a, a election by choice rather than a referendum on them. So we have some work to do in terms of our branding um, to make sure that people believe that we're on their side, which is what we used to be. Uh, and also uh, we have some work to do to, to comfort them, if you will, uh, on some issues uh, like crime uh, in, in uh, the border, et cetera. So we have work to do. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we can't uh, rest on the laurels just because they nominated a bunch of uh, uh, right-wing extremists. Because they may not do that the next time around. They, they may learn and they may not. Uh, but you know what? Donald Trump is running and it's not tough for this guy to get 30 or 35% in every presidential primary. Uh, so I think, you know, Joe Biden's going to beat, beat him like a drum again. That is the voice of John Anzalone, Democratic pollster, one of his clients. You might have heard of him, President Joe Biden. For our radio audience, we need to say farewell for those watching on CBS News streaming and all of our beloved podcast platforms. Stay tuned for the Takeout Outtake Especial. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
from CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome to your Takeout Outtake Especial. I'm Major Garrett. You know, this is the fun and games part of our conversation. John Anzalone is our special guest, Democratic pollster of renown. One of his clients, as I've said before, President of the United States, that makes him a heavy hitter. Because this is fun and games, I want to give John an opportunity to talk about where he's talking to us from, Montgomery, Alabama. It's one of my favorite cities. Before we started our conversation, he was talking about the transformation. So I'm going to give you a Chamber of Commerce moment, John Anzalone. Yeah, well, I am on the board of directors of the Chamber of Commerce and the Committee of 100. Um, so I've been part of this community for over 30 years, and I'm, I'm proud of being on that board. Listen, you should come to Montgomery, Alabama, because it literally is now uh, the cradle of civil rights, as you know. Uh, and because of people like Brian Stevenson, who of the renowned uh, movie, if you haven't seen him, the uh, Peace and Justice Memorial, which is the lynching memorial, the Legacy Museum that will literally take you from slavery all the way to domestic terrorism, which is what he calls lynching, uh, to uh, the incarceration uh, problem and injustice that we have, the Rosa Parks Museum, the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, where Martin Luther King was not only a preacher, but where that was the epicenter uh, of the bus boycott. Um, there's just so much here to see. It's a beautiful, thriving downtown. It's not far from uh, Selma, so you can go and drive to the Edmund Pettus Bridge, which I think should be the John Lewis Bridge. Um, but it's a great town. You'll get some great food. Uh, you'll learn about the uh, um, civil rights, but you'll also get a little flavor of the Civil War and you know go up to the Capitol, which is a beautiful place. So we'd love to see you here. So... Uh... One more political thing, because it was part of the Republicans' messaging in the midterms, critical race theory. It doesn't flow through what you just talked about, but yeah. it's adjacent to it in a certain way. From a pollster's perspective and from someone who helps the Democratic Party think about and administer its message, what do you have to say about critics of critical race theory? Well, you just threw a curveball. You went from Montgomery to critical race theory. But listen, I think that here, you know, you said something earlier about the voters are in control, right? Something yes. like that. The, the voters also call on things. And they actually, I think this cycle called on things like critical race theory. That's not taught anywhere in America, right? And they saw that there was really more important issues out there. Um, you know, education is an important issue. And what we found in the Yunkin race was it really was about more about parental control. Do parents mm -hmm. have a voice in the classroom? It wasn't really so much about critical race theory. The Republicans are really good at branding. They screwed up on their own branding this time, but they're great on creating wedge issues like defund the police, critical race theories, et cetera. Uh, and so there's something else that's woke that the Ron De, you know, De, uh, DeSantis of the world will come up with and that we'll have to bat away. Um, and we'll see what the next one is. But man, I'll tell you, voters, meters are up right now and kudos to the American voter. So we have three threshold questions, John. We've asked every guest on the show for the better part of six years. Take these questions, whatever order you, pre you prefer. Most influential book in your life and why? All-time favorite movie. And if you are driving across beautiful Alabama or taking a long flight and you are going to listen to music you love, deeply love, what kind of music artist or genre is that most likely to be? Well, I'll tell you what, the most influential book I read early in life was The Jungle Book, right? Which, uh, or The Jungle from uh, Upton Sinclair, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, really showed 
again, working people, middle-class people in the meatpacking industry. Uh, it's, it's just, it's kind of an amazing book uh, uh, for, uh, for its time. I'm also- The words I can't get out of my mind from that book, potted beef. Yes, potted beef, that's right. The other, I will just add a second one. I'm a huge Truman Capote fan, just mm -hmm. read. Uh, I will give advice that uh, I read his biography and every time he wrote something that I would go and read it, it's a great way to read a biography and understand kind of the thinking of all of the things that a writer has had uh, doing that with Hemingway right now. Uh, music, is that was, was the second one? Music is the next one, if you prefer, yes. Yeah, listen, I, you know, I, I've got four kids uh, ranging from 19 to 28, and I've really just gotten into, you know, uh, uh, hip hop and rap. It's what I listen to when I swim my laps in a pool. And so, you know, it goes from the young thugs of the world to the, you know, Macklemore's of the world to Russ. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a wide variety. It is a world I never knew about. Uh, it is poetry. Uh, to music that, you know, is different from what I grew up with, always wanting to just listen to Elvis Costello, right? And the place, nice. things like that. Uh, third question was driving across. Uh, oh, no, favorite, favorite movie, favorite movie. Well, favorite what? movie, you know, I, again, I, I just love uh, 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 Cool Hand Luke. My wife and I were talking about it today. Um, just <laughs> again, uh, just really amazing. Uh, maybe prison movies. I just watched Shawshank, because I'm reading all of Stephen King's novellas, right? The yes. short stories. Yes. So just read uh, Shawshank. And, you know, both of those movies, those prison movies, for some reason, fascinate me. I've always been fascinated by, uh, I guess, the prison system. I think Lock Up, which is a documentary on when where they go into prisons. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I think it's on Netflix, et cetera. So there you go. That's just a little bit about me. What we do not have here is a failure to communicate. Yes, there Ron you Anzalone, go. it's yeah. been a pleasure. Thank it's you for hanging good. out with me. Thanks for sharing those thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of our Takeout Outtake Especial. We will see you next week. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Takeout ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. A lot of people spend a lot of money on things like skincare, fast fashion, and even surgery, all in the name of self-improvement. But as the price of perfection rises, when is it time to call it quits? I'm Rima Hreis, host of This Is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace. This season, we dig deep into the financial trappings of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.